From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for uh, Friday, March 20th. Uh, the year is 2020. The disclaimer I'm going to put on the top of all of these podcasts, I am purposely doing evergreen podcasts. I get it. Coronavirus is way more important than um, than what we're going to talk about today, but as Josh Carpenter can attest to, Assistant Managing Editor, Sports Business Journal, Sports Business Daily, uh, these people are looking for a respite, they're looking for a break, and I'm looking to give all of you a break um, from all the coronavirus stuff. Heed your warning, stay safe, socially distance, but we can talk about other things at the same time, and that's what we're going to do today on this podcast. And if you're listening to us in like November and are like, coronavirus that was so like four months ago a i hope you're right and b um that's the explanation so josh welcome back to the show good to have you it's great to be here jeremy uh, always always good to, to, to come on and talk talk golf and what's crazy about this is we talked about doing this right around christmas when your colleague john aram broke this news of these tv contracts which is the topic of today's show by the way folks and we just sat here and waited and waited and waited. And finally, on Monday of last week, which seems like it was about eight years ago, they pulled the trigger. And uh, here we are talking about the new TV deal. So for those who don't know, starting in 2022, CBS, NBC, and Golf Channel on, sorry, CBS Golf Channel, Golf Channel on NBC have retained all their rights. Um, through the year 2030, it's a new nine-year contract. The FedEx Cup playoffs will alternate networks, uh, the entire playoffs, uh, beginning in 2023, with NBC getting one more than CBS. And um, let's see, PGA Tour Live moves to ESPN+, and they will expand the number of streams, and then we'll get to something involving the TV compound later on. So... Josh, you and I were both people who offline were in the belief that the PGA Tour did not want to do what the USGA did and put their stuff on Fox and great events like the Women's Amateur, the Girls Junior, the US Junior Am get just totally lost in the shuffle because nobody thinks FS1 when it comes to niche golf events. They think Golf Channel. And the PGA Tour clearly did not do that here by staying with the incumbents. On just the headline portion of that deal, did, did that surprise you? And what else surprised you, if anything? Yeah, I mean, honestly, not too much surprised me about this deal. I mean, I, like you just said, I mean, I kind of thought DJ Tour would stick with, with CBS and NBC um, all along. I mean, they've been partners for a really long time. I think 30 plus years on, you know, in both cases for both of those networks. And so uh, it really did not come off as... as surprising to me that they kind of kept the, the status quo. I mean, obviously more money involved um, and a couple different things, like you mentioned, with the, the PGA Tour Live moving over to ESPN, which I think is, is a good is a good move um, in that, you know, it's always good to be associated with ESPN, you know, working in our business, you know, that's always a positive. So I think that's only going to be good for for golf and the PGA Tour. You know, there are obviously increasing uh, coverage on PGA Tour Live, but also just the promotion that you'll see on ESP and I think will will ramp up a lot. Um, so those are really my main, you know, takeaways. I'm not, not too surprised. You know, we reported John uh, Lobardo and Arand, you know, both reported that Fox 
wasn't really interested um, in, in getting involved in in, in the tour's rights. Um, they kind of like what they have with the USDA. Um, and so, yeah, nothing really surprised me too much. I guess maybe that surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe Fox would show some interest at least, but it sounds like they didn't, didn't even show an interest uh, at all. So. I had a source who wished to be kept anonymous who was pretty convinced that this Turner thing was going to happen and flipping a network. I never got the sense from your reporting, from the press release, from um, other comments in places that that was actually ever seriously considered by the PGA Tour. I think they clearly viewed Golf Channel as the place golf is, and that's where they wanted to stay. Yeah, I, I, I honestly never really thought the uh, the Warner Media kind of hook was was going to be. I, I didn't really think they were going to be involved uh, too much. But you know, both both of our Johns Lombardo and Aranda reported that uh, you know that, that was a pretty serious bid, and there was talk that you know if they if they won the won those rights, then they could rebrand you know HLM to a uh, to a golf focused channel but it just didn't work out for whatever reason so uh, I mean th- those reasons being that I think that the tour was just happy with with keeping with both CBS and NBC um, from the sports business side we're gonna intersperse just you the golf fan and then because um, one of the reasons why Josh and I connected is that we are both huge golf fans besides being people who actually have a thing for the sports media inside baseball thing sometimes um Four hundred million a year now to seven hundred million a year. Uh, did those numbers make sense to you? Is that what you thought? Higher, lower? Where did those two numbers come out? Sorry, the uh, seven hundred in relation to the four hundred come out uh, for you? Yeah, I think I think it kind of hit right where most people were expecting. I, I, I think at least um, you know it's uh, sports rights fees are going up. Um, Every year they go up just because the, the value of live sports are, uh, are what they are. So you're going to see, you know, when new NBA deals come around in a few years, um, you know, you're going to see the same thing. So I think it's it's really just kind of the nature of the beast and the, the world that we live in. Um, I don't think I didn't really read or hear about anyone saying they thought, you know, the network's overpaid or, or anything like that. So it didn't really surprise me too much. Um, you will be able to see... PGA Tour champions and Corn Ferry Tour coverage on Golf Channel. Did did those staying on Golf Channel surprise you at all? Because for me, it just seems like the natural place for them. Yeah, I think that's the natural place. I don't really know where else you would put them. And uh, and again, I don't remember in the, in the deals if anything came out or if they're going to increase any of the Corn Ferry coverage. I mean, right now you've barely got any Corn Ferry coverage from. You know, they show a couple of events at the beginning of the year. Um, and then, Jeremy, I mean, you would know better than I would. Um, and then you don't really see those guys for a few months, right? Um, yeah, there was a big budgetary cutback, I want to say, like six, seven years ago, which really hurt them. And, and it became consistent corn ferry to random at the beginning, those two Bahamas events, which obviously are paying a rights fee to have Golf Channel, a, a, a hefty sponsor fee to have them there random stuff and then the run at the end ultimately through the end of the regular season and the playoffs yeah i mean you used to be able to see i mean i remember back in high school and college you could watch you could watch corn Ferry, or back then i guess it was uh web not what not web.com it was nike uh, buy.com nationwide nation it was nationwide yeah i mean you could watch nationwide tours that's every week. I mean, I remember when uh, Camilo Villegas was an up-and-comer on the Nationwide Tour back in the mid, 
you know, mid 2000s, 05, 06, that time frame. So, um, you know, then you could watch every week. So I don't really know what happened there. Um, what's scaling those back? But here we are. Josh Carpenter's with us. He uh, is the assistant managing editor um, for Sports Business Journal, Sports Business Daily. We're talking about the new golf on TV uh, rights deals, which um, are, are going to kick in in 2022. One of the things um, which I found interesting about this was there was a lot of question about the LPGA Tour and this issue that the LPGA Tour keeps running into which is that you have Golf Channel and a devoted Golf Channel crew. And when I gave them a shout-out the other week, I have not received a response like I received from everybody on that team, both the behind-the-scenes team and then the out-front team led by Terry Gannon, Judy Rankin, and the gang. Um, And what I found interesting about it is that it's seven events on network plus the three that were already on network through other deals. That brings it to 10, which has been Mike Wan's longtime goal of 10. And to make this happen, they're going to split some of this between um, NBC and CBS. The question to me, uh, sorry, for you from me, is one of the benefits of the LPGA's package currently on Golf Channel, it's diminished viewership areas but in some of these events they're able to do four to seven five to eight six to nine p.m eastern time to get you into a different time slot than the pga tour the and i'm just making up a random event the wells fargo versus the volunteers of america classic if those two are head-to-head the wells fargo and no matter what the pga tour field is almost uh, except for a couple events are going to be the more watched, better uh, supported event. Where does LP? I, I I hope that this deal, which came out of the uh, strategic alliance, includes the ability for them to be in unique, different time slots than than the PGA Tour. Because right now, I I think that if it's just one versus the other, one up against the other in the same time slot, it's not going to work out very well. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, I mean, that you bring up that, that point. I think also it's just important to get on network TV. You know, you see the KPMG has been on NBC the last few years. That's done very well. The uh, the Anwar event down in Augusta was on NBC, I believe, last year from yeah. around. And will be um, this year when it gets rescheduled. Very, well, very popular. Yeah. So I think, you know, even if they are, I mean, I think they would try and avoid, you know, going head-to-head with BGA Tour. Um, you know, but I think just being on network TV is going to be a big boost to uh, to the LPGA. I see that as a huge positive. Anytime they can get more more events on network TV, uh, you know, the you know the more eyeballs, the better. Um, and I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Mike Wan and what he's done in his. You know, I think he's been there. Seems, I think, what, 10 years now, Jeremy? Yes. Um, you know, and with how he's handled, you know, he got a lot of praise. I don't want to dip too much into coronavirus, but he got a ton of praise last week for how he handled, um, you know, postponing the A&A, and then through uh, this week, just this morning, you know, you know, finding another spot on the schedule for it. You know, we discussed earlier about, you know, would that event happen later on in September? Um, but I think, you know, a lot of credit needs to go to Mike Wan for getting more of these LPGA events on network TV because they have a really great product and unfortunately sometimes it's just kind of 
swept to the side a little bit. I feel like so. Uh, so I think it's, it's it's only good that that these that they're getting more events on uh, on network. Absolutely, we're talking with Josh Carpenter here from Sports Business Daily and Sports Business Journal um, on teeing it up. Let's dig into the sports business aspect with this quote from the press release. Um, Additionally, the tour and its media partners will collaborate on creating more sponsorship and marketing opportunities inside and outside of PGA Tour golf coverage, including access to the vast resources of Viacom CBS, Comcast NBC Sports Group, and Disney and ESPN+. To golf fans, that sentence and those... Is that actually one sentence? That is one long sentence. Sentence and paragraph... Uh, say that again? It makes you cringe, right? Yes, and it's the bane of our existence. The CEO interview, the stupid Aon Risk Reward Challenge. Look, I love the fact that an LPGA player got a million dollars last year just for playing smartly. It's great. Those ladies deserve more money, but that's not the way to stop the momentum of a broadcast. Okay, sorry, I digress. From a viewership standpoint, I think we see those those paragraphs and sentences and go, oh no, this just, is just going to continue. From a sports business standpoint, is this music to their ears? I mean, you know what? I mean, sponsorship, that's what, they, they pay the bills, right? Um, and, you know, while, yes, these segments and all this marketing and all this, it's going to annoy the hardcore golf fan. Um, we're going to keep watching, right? You know, NBC having too many ads or CBS having too many ads on a weekend telecast is not going to drive me from, I'm still going to tune in more than likely. And I feel like a lot of, you know, people like myself are in the same boat. They're still going to tune in. You know, is it it kind of annoying? Yes. But in the end, it's what they have to do. Um, They're going to, partner with as many companies as they can and they're going to promote as many companies as they can, you know. Does it dilute the the broadcast a little bit? Probably. From a marketer's standpoint, from a sponsorship standpoint, what this reads to me as is let's be innovative. And Sean McManus said to, on a panel, I believe also with your colleague John Arand about can Ricky Fowler and the fact that so many kids dress up like him be useful in on on some other programs in the Viacom family? I think Nickelodeon was the example John used. Um, but just this this notion of okay, we have this really marketable guy in Ricky. He's been great to us over the years. Let's see if we can put him in a you know TRL like situation on MTV or whatever, and and have some fun. Do you think you'll see more of that as we go forward, or will it stick to more the telecast, the commercials, and those that surround the actual live golf telecast? I mean, I think you'll see a lot of the live golf telecast marketing because, I mean, they've, they've shown in the, you know, the past few years they've gotten pretty good at that, and they're good at doing that. But, yeah, you could certainly see um, you know cross-promotion across you know, things like you said, Nickelodeon and those types of shows. I mean, you've got a lot of young, really good young players. I mean, just... Think about just this crop that just came up, you know, in the last year that's already, all three of them have already won, you know, in their first year. I mean, between Hovland, Morkawa, and uh, and Matt Wolf. Um, so, yeah, you could see some cross promotion there, I think, certainly. 
And I think one thing that I, and this is not a, a sports business thing, this is just kind of a, a broader tangent for a second. One thing that I think is interesting, Josh, is what happened yesterday. And for those uh, who did not see golf websites, I, I haven't looked today, but they probably wrote up on this. Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas did a left-hander challenge yesterday while playing alongside their, uh, for Ricky, his wife, for Justin, his dad. And it's things like that. Here's these guys who are basically stuck inside, can't do anything. But golf is a fairly safe thing to do. And they're going out there playing lefty and having fun. And Ricky shot 94 and beat JT's 101. These Instagram expansions extends their brand. And they knew what they were doing because they wore Puma and Ralph Lauren gear. So... Clearly, this is not just two guys repping, you know, random stuff on the golf course. They were wearing the smart stuff because they knew that had a chance to go viral. And I think, to my eyes, from a sponsorship standpoint and from a network standpoint, okay, we've got this now locked up for 10 years, nine with the deal, 10, uh, 10 including 2021, and then, or, or sorry, 10 right now, nine, however you want to do the math, it's basically 10 sure. plus years. How can we use these guys and how can we market these guys interest, you know, who are really interesting? You've seen the European tour do this a lot. I would not be surprised if we see more of this left-handed challenge type thing. They put that together for a TV show. It could be really interesting. Well, I think it's, it's something to really watch as we get into the, the meat of this coronavirus. You know, everyone sheltering at home, everyone being isolated. Like you said, those guys doing that yesterday. You know, we had a story in today's uh, Daily about, you know, different NBA players creating, you know, TikTok accounts and getting on TikTok and growing their following through that, through other, through other platforms. I think you're really going to see brands try and push their, their golfers in this instance to, uh, you know, to, to get on those, those platforms to grow their profiles while they're isolated and not playing. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's going to be probably two or three months before we're back playing golf again, right? So these yeah. are going to have a lot of time on their hands. Their, uh, their partners aren't going to want them to just be sitting around, you know, not promoting them. You know, they're paid They're paid to, uh, to promote those brands. So I think you certainly are going to start to see more and more of that. Um, all right, next thing. Quote, a central component of the new agreement will see the PGA Tour assume responsibility of the on-site production area and technical infrastructure each week enabling the tour to more efficiently aggregate, distribute, and develop content for its various platforms worldwide. CBS and NBC will still use their own production announce team led by their producers, directors, and production personnel. When Jeff Shackelford of, Jeff, uh, of jeffshackelford.com first reported this, it was met with some people, especially those who don't like CBS, being happy and some who believe that, who are not happy, believing that we are headed towards a um, state where what you saw yesterday, for example, in that Ricky JT um, lefty challenge, where JT has got fed up and threw his driver, never seeing the light of day, because the PGA Tour will make sure that that gets, um, that, that, that never sees the light of day on TV and it just becomes sanitized golf television. Where are you in this very interesting maneuver here for the PGA Tour to take control of the compound? 
Yeah, I don't know that I love it. Um, you know, my first reaction, you know, when I saw the piece from, from Jeff and then later others, including, you know, John Arand reporting on this too, it's, you know, like you said, it, it kind of leads you to think that eventually we're going to see a PGA Tour network or something like, something to that effect. Um, I, I don't, I don't love them having control over, you know, however much control they're going to have over the broadcast. Like you, like you mentioned the thing with, with Ricky or, or whoever it was yesterday, you know, throwing the driver. Are you going to see Justin Thomas? Stuff? Yeah. Are you going to see the stuff that, you know, honestly, the stuff that, a league like the NBA thrives on. Exactly. The NBA, you know, is a league that kind of thrives <laughs> on drama. It thrives on, you know, this or that. You know, is the PJ Tour Network, is it going to show Patrick Reed potentially, you know, scooping Shan out of a bunker? Is it going to show that? I mean, uh, I don't know. Because here's the other know. thing. A, that stuff will end up on social media. B, and... Uh, sorry to interrupt, by the way. B, when you look at the downroad situation, what if a pro sees that, goes to the official, Reed gets penalized, we never see it. That's problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it just opens up a lot of a lot of scenarios while things that could happen that, you know, if you've got an independent, you know, network like CBS, like an NBC, producing these events, but you, you know, you feel like they're going to cover cover these stories down the middle right yeah um, so it's just it's one of those things that you have to that you have to think about and kind of have in the back of your mind but you know at the same time then you've got other league owned networks like you know NFL network NBA network NHL network and will be net all, all those um, and I think most of those networks do a pretty good job um, you know watching them you know a fair amount I think they do a pretty good job so it's yeah. just be interesting to see how the uh, how the PGA Tour goes about this um, like I said what kind of Differences we'll notice in the in the week to week broadcast. Absolutely, it'll be very fascinating to know and and to see this play out um, in in for real. And is it more of a technical thing where this is just as one? I forget if it was Sean or if it was Jay Monahan, uh, uh, PJ Tour Commissioner, described it as a streamlining of all the outputs and just trying to get everything together which would be more of a technical change than an actual production change or if this is a legitimate production change that'll be really interesting to see right and, and, and like i think i think you know the the, the networks are keeping their producers right so they're yeah. going to be producing the content correct and you know on the other side like you said if it's a technical from a technical aspect and we're just getting more graphics more shot tracer tracers you know things like that fantastic you know you can never have too much of that well you can have too much i think but uh i think that the tour does a pretty good job you know on their pg tour live broadcast things um they do a pretty good job so if it's it's, if it's purely from a, a technological standpoint i think that's great if they start getting involved in the production you know kind of dictating how things are going to be shown to the viewers that's where you have to watch out for yeah um Definitely will be something um, to, to keep an eye on once 2022 hits and then if we have some experiments at some point. Also, here, here's just one other thing. Pardon the interruption. This is Taking It Up with Jeremy Schilling. This is not Tony and Mike. Instead, it's myself, Jeremy Schilling, and Josh Carpenter is here from Sports Business Journal, Sports Business Daily. Um, I, I honestly forgot what I was saying before we got interrupted, but... 
I do think it'll be interesting to see how the compound issues. Oh, oh, sorry. This is what I was going to say. What happens to an opposite field event? Does that stay under Golf Channel's um, umbrella? And thus, when it's not being won by the tour, do they suddenly have more leeway to show stuff? And do we have a rules violation, cursing, whatever type deal pop out if it's not being overseen by the tour that week? That's just something to keep in mind going forward, I think could be interesting. All right. Um, last thing um, uh, that for for me as a part of this deal, which I find interesting, just overall right now sitting here, what is your stance on PGA Tour Live? Just the product in general right now. Are you a constant watcher of it? Is it every week? Is it only certain guys? What's your usual PGA Tour Live diet? Um, I, you know, honestly, the last year or so, I've slacked off a little bit of watching it. I would say, you know, I've just gotten busier. Um, and we're usually pretty busy in the mornings, um, so I haven't been watching it as much as not for the, you know, the content. And certainly they still, I think, put on a really good product. I think it's lost a little bit, um, and I don't believe Mark Emmel, is Mark Emmelman still on the broadcast, or has he moved off? He still has a podcast. Uh, I He did do some work during the Players Week, but they had so many different things going there that they had to bring in some people for that. Um, I don't know what Mark's status full-time is with PJ Tour Live. Yeah, I mean, I always thought he was great. Um, I don't know if he's still on there. It seems like some of the voices have changed up a little bit, but I, I, think, it's, I think it's still fine. So, um, you know, it certainly uh, provides... You know, it's a platform that wasn't available to us, you know, you know five, six years ago. Um, and it's, it's for me, it's fun to see a guy play an entire round instead of select shots from a broadcast. But, uh, I mean, I think, like I said before, moving over to ESPN, I think they're going to be able to show up to how many groups now? Four. Four, four groups now, up from two, so you're going to get double the amount of... Um, of play they're going to be showing in the morning. Um, so I think that's only a good thing. Um, you know, I think it's, overall, I think PJ's Tour Live, I think it's a great product. For me, the, here's the kind of the thing that I'm watching. Uh, they've never released subscriber numbers to my knowledge. I don't I don't think they have. Have you no, ever seen No, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing that. Right. Um, taking a cue from other streaming services with that. So as you are in this process and in this sequence here of trying to figure out PGA Tour Live and its possible success on ESPN Plus, one thing that I'm looking at is, does this stay with the niche fan or does the power of ESPN, which they have promised as part of the deal, Jimmy Pitaro promised the ESPN force that is like Oprah sometimes can make or break something. Um Will that stay? Because if that is, that's another thing to to show up to a huge amount of people. 7.6 million subscribers, the biggest streaming service um, for sports of, of anyone in the world. This will get more people in front of more, uh, more golfers in front of more eyeballs. Say that sentence three times fast. But for me, I don't know if this goes beyond the niche fan full-time. I don't know if this becomes... Because remember, this won't be an additional fee. It's going to become a part of ESPN+. Plus. So you'll have it there. The question is, how often will you go to the well? And if, it's, if the number of events is increasing to 36, no offense to any of the events that I'm about to mention here, 
but I don't think you are looking at uh, John Deere classic featured groups the same way that you're looking at um, Wells Fargo featured groups. It's just the truth about those two events. Wells Fargo is going to always have a better field, A, because of schedule, B, because of the quality of the golf course, than John Deere will the week before the Open Championship. How does that impact things? And will people want to watch the Michael Kims of the world who won that event you know, last two year, the year ago, before? Right? Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. I, mean, I think, I think your, your niche golf fan is going to stick with it, right? I mean, now are you going to... I don't know that you know your ESPN Plus is going to get more subscribers just because it has PGA Tour Live now, but I think your I think your core golf fans are certainly going to follow it over there. I know I certainly plan on it. Um, you know, and there's always a you know, as a hardcore golf fan, I don't mind turning on the John Deere Classic on you know in, in late you know mid July whenever whenever it is. Right. Um, you know that's an interest to me. So I, I think you're I think you're still going to see some pretty good pretty good numbers for it. Uh, your boss, Abe Madcore, loves talking about what are you watching? So we will end it with this. Um, what am I watching going forward with this TV? Well, uh, well, first of all, but actually, before we get to this, have we left anything out of these TV deals that you want to mention that, that, that you think is interesting and that I failed to bring up? No, I don't. I think uh, you know your your key takeaway is just you know sticking with NBC and CBS. It was kind of expected all along, so. The overall deal was not that surprising. You know, your right fees went up, but, you know, again, we expected them to, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing too surprising about, about those deals, uh, to me at least. Okay, so, and just to take a page from, uh, uh, from Abe, what am I watching? I am watching investment. Golf is an expensive thing to pull off. As we said before, when it came to all these golf courses and all these facilities um, and all these um, times where the network, uh, sorry, where the tour is taking over the compound, if that means that Top Tracer is now a PGA Tour expense and not a network expense, great. But at what point with these increased rights fees does the investment have to peter and drop off? Um, that I think is an interesting aspect to watch with this deal. Do these networks continue to reinvest in the presence of high rights fees? What are you watching going yeah, forward? Yeah, I think they have to continue invest in technology. I mean, every year you've got to bring something new to the table, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm watching, uh, this is kind of an easy answer. I know we said we weren't going to touch on coronavirus, but I think just with this you know, schedule that's being changed this season, you know, due to this this shutdown you've had for the last, like I said, it feels like it's been months. It's only been a week since they uh, haven't played any golf live. But you know, how is that going to change? You know, is that going to open the door for different moves of event? You know, events on the schedule when these new deals kick in in a couple of years. Um, you know, you're going to see potentially a PGA Championship, and I don't know what September. We're going to see a Met. Not that they're going to move the Masters to October, uh, maybe this year, but they're, they're obviously not going to do that full time. But you know, what are these schedule changes going to do uh, with the networks? I think that's really interesting to uh, to kind of watch and keep an eye on. And I'll go one step further. How many of these sponsors 
uh, are existing once this passes. Especially on the LPGA, Corn Ferry, and Champions Tour sides, how many of these sponsors have serious issues and realize that they can't support a rights fee? The tour can save some events, not all. And that, I think, is going to be very interesting. How many events are we left with after all this is done? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like you said, do the sponsors say, well, we missed, we didn't have, you know, let's just say RBC, for example. They don't have uh, the heritage this year, next year. You know, I don't know when their deal was up, but, you know, other sponsors could certainly sit down the road, well, did, did we really miss not having that event? Um, you know, and maybe not extend it. We're, we're gonna, this is going to be a huge change. It could fundamentally change, you know, the tour schedule going forward. We've talked about this. It could fundamentally change, you know, all of these leagues. I mean, Major League Baseball, if they're going to try and play and, you know, start back in May or June, and they still want to finish by, you know, November 1st, they're going to have to truncate the season. You know, how is that going to change going forward? Do they look at that and say, well, maybe we like playing 130 games. Maybe we like playing 120 games instead of 162. You're going to see NASCAR try and race as many, you know, do as many races as they can um, before that, you know, before that season ends in November. That's going to mean racing on weeknights. It's going to mean racing, you know, doing double headers on weekends. Um, and, and that could be something, you know, there's already going to be a bunch of changes in that sport to its schedule uh, next year anyway. So does this just even, you know, further move that forward? So uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how this is all going to play out. And does what they are experimenting with on Sunday, this e-race thing to be called by Mike yep. Joy... Jeff Gordon and Larry McReynolds, the, the Fox NASCAR announcers, is this the start of something? Is this where this is going to have to go? Uh, you, you talked about it uh, at the start, and your colleague John Aran talked about it this morning. Or I don't know if it was this morning in Morning Bell or if it was just SBD, about some local RSN simulating the rest of the season via video game. We're going to air that that way. Um, for just for any kind yeah, of hashtag and new and content. Washington is simulating the rest of the uh, Wizards and Cats uh, season this year. So, um, you know, the hurricane, my hurricanes are, are did a, a simulation against the Blues last night. So, um, yeah, you could certainly something's got to keep the fans, you know, entertained in this in the downtime we have. So, uh, yeah, I think you're definitely going to see more of that. And I think that's why you've seen. Adam Silver float this idea of if we can get a bunch of players who are up for doing it, test them, they're safe, quarantine them, they're safe, get them in a st- sterile environment and do some kind of game for charity. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've figured out an all-star game format that works. That we know. Why not use that again and raise a whole bunch of money? And that, I think, is the really interesting thing, is can they pull off this type of charity game at some point and give us something fun to watch? Um, yeah. It's been really bizarre. Josh Carpenter is the assistant managing editor for Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily. Uh, those publications are awesome. Um, their podcast, the First Look podcast, and the SBJ Unpacks podcast, which is currently covering coronavirus, but looks like it's going to be for more than just coronavirus after we get past this, um, are must-listens. And uh, 
the 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 behind the scenes work that 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 Josh does is is immense. So, um, Josh, thank you for coming on the show. It's an it's awesome to have you back, and hopefully, hopefully, the next time I have you on the show, we'll be talking about actual golf for you and for the pros. I certainly hope that's the case, Jeremy. So uh, always, always appreciate you having me on. Appreciate your kind words about our publication. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, like I said, next time we talk, we'll be uh, playing live golf. Yes. From your lips to uh, all the doctors, nurses, and everybody on the front line who are doing amazing work's ears. Um, Thank you for uh, being with us, and thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Take care.